Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. In the late 60s and early 70s, there was a consciousness movement in the United States. Consciousness became a major topic of discussion among young people. Um, one of the famous phrases in that area uh, started by uh, a man whose name was Timothy Leary out of Harvard was turn on, tune in, and drop out. There was this acknowledgement by much of the young people in society with some uh, assistance by older people in the same movement that the behavioral patterns of our society had somehow gone awry and that we needed all to begin a new way of encountering our existence and our attitude towards our existence. And that was the time of uh, a slew of Eastern gurus coming to the United States, bringing Eastern thought, uh, which really had been uh, not much seen in this part of the world, not much practiced in this part of the world, because it was separated by oceans, and actual practitioners uh, didn't come over here that often. And all of a sudden, they came in hordes. And also, the, uh, the cult figures of the iconic figures of the generation were also going uh, overseas uh, to places like India and uh, Nepal uh, to find uh, teachers uh, of Eastern philosophy, uh, Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, etc., to try and get a new grasp on what life meant. So questions of existence came to the forefront of what was going on amongst young people in America. And this was fueled by a couple of different things. It was, one of the things it was fueled by was all of a sudden there was a draft in America. And by draft I mean people were being in, uh, taken into the army not necessarily willingly. They were being told they had to serve. So there was a large reaction to this uh, and it was the anti-war movement. And this is of course the Vietnam War in the late 60s, early 70s. And when people began to question the war, 
they then began to question the morality of the people bringing on the war, the ethos of the people bringing on the war, and why did old people think it was okay to send young people to die? Why didn't the old people go by themselves? Um, and what would have happened if the old people would have to be the one who would fight? Questions like these were beginning to be asked. But then, as soon as you begin to question uh, the authority of leadership, you then begin to question the standards that the society who these leaders belong to have set up. And then an oft-quoted phrase came up, don't trust anybody over 30. And that was because the ones over 30 uh, bought into this system that people were now trying to escape from. And one of the reasons they were trying to escape is they didn't want to go to a war where they were, had a good chance of dying. And their girlfriends uh, went along with this. Uh, some of the women in the movement were as stronger, stronger than uh, many of the men. Then you had another uh, element. You had Timothy Leary and his take drugs now and become enlightened uh, theory of existence. Um, which flashed through uh, society for a little while, uh, became the focus of a lot of music, uh, became the focus of uh, a lot of people's lives at the time. But unfortunately, what drugs did uh, was something that our teacher called uh, a degraded understanding of things. They would take you up, but then they would re just as quickly uh, take you down. And uh, whatever insight you had was clouded and without foundation. So it all fell apart quickly. And lots of young people suffered uh, from schizophrenia and other illnesses from all the drug taking that went on during that uh, time. It leveled out kind of quickly uh, when all of a sudden some of the leaders in the movement movements uh, were working on Wall Street and then you knew that major changes had occurred in society. But for a lot of people who witnessed all of that and a lot of people who didn't witness all of that and a lot of people in the past and a lot of people right now, the question of consciousness is still a real question. And if you are somebody who reads, and if you read about Eastern thought, Eastern, Eastern philosophy, so-called avatars uh, from the past, you will note that throughout history, there have always been those who questioned the nature of thought at the time of their existence, who questioned their own creation, who questioned how they got here and wanted some specific answers to all of those things. And throughout time, various people 
have uh, been sent who tried to help man with those answers. Among Jews, uh, from the time of Moses forward, prophets were an everyday reality. There was a time that prophets walked the earth and walked among the men and women in that society and guided what was done. And people could commune directly with these prophets. Uh, that went on through Jesus. Uh, a man came on earth with appropriate knowledge uh, of miraculous birth who could guide and direct people. Uh, Muhammad came and the same thing happened again. All of a sudden there were these moments of flashes of incandescence when things that weren't seen all of a sudden were seen when things that didn't happen before all of a sudden happened, when a portal to understanding reality was opened because of the ones who were sent uh, to open it by God, by Allah. Interestingly, the religions um, all closed the books on this occurrence. Um, the Jews created something called the Talmud because they believed that the time of prophets had ended so they needed to write everything down so there would be proper guidance in the future. Uh, when Jesus came they called him the one and only Son of God and when he came and went the church was founded around and about him, but there were no more Jesuses. When Muhammad came, he was the last prophet, and no more could come after him. And in a very real sense, the book was then closed on him. Some expanded it a little bit to include the right guided caliphs, but essentially the books were again closed. What happened is, that as soon as religions were formed, the religions took it upon themselves to become in charge and would not allow outside interference to interfere with their supremacy. So, the books were closed. Well, in Sufism, we don't believe that the books are closed. Um, it's true that there are no more prophets, but prophethood has been replaced with ketubs, with those to whom the word comes and passes through from Allah on earth in any particular time. Uh, they're called muhayyadins the ones who revive the faith, the ones who pour water on the dead grass, the ones who pour water on the flowers that need reviving.
And they do this by bringing the Word of God back uh, in a live transmission to man. In other words, it's not coming off the pages of a dead book. It's coming through a resonant transmission that enters into a room that people can feel and people can partake in and people can experience. It also is brought by the live essence of the entity that carries it. Uh, the charismatic, engrossing, loving nature of that being that alters the chemistry within the room, alters the perception of the people who see him, alters the way they think, alters their brain patterns, alters their breath patterns, alters the way they sit, alters the way they look, alters the way they think, because all of a sudden they are now seeing things that they never saw before. They now see things that they never thought possible were in fact possible. And they are being fed in a place that they'd never been fed before and being revived in a place that has been dormant for most of their life. Their soul is now getting food. Their soul is now being nourished. That part of them that came from Allah is now being presented with the word from Allah in live transmission and in resonance. And this has amazing effects on all of the non-Allah parts of the being. The non-Allah parts of the being, the mind, become stilled, become shocked, all of a sudden don't carry on in the way they used to carry on and things somehow change even if only for the moments of transmission even if only for the moments sitting with the person who does the transmission something occurs something changes something is altered and all of what we used to call normative thought processes normative responses, the way of the world, all of a sudden stop. Now we're in a situation where we're tuned in and we're turned on, but there are no drugs involved. And we don't drop out. We take this and make it part of our existence in the regular world that we deal with every day. Now all of a sudden we're dealing with the world in a way that we thought was incredibly onerous but now it's not as onerous because we now have the strength to deal with it because we have been refashioned 
through Allah's resonance that came from a true teacher, a true human being, a true man, who took us to a place that gave us the strength to be able to deal with the overwhelming nature of the onslaught of the magnetisms and hypnotisms that are the world. Where these magnetisms and hypnotisms would bring on melancholia because we knew no answers, all of a sudden we had hope in a very real way beyond what we thought was possible. Because we had seen beyond what we thought was possible. Now, life's circumstances and life's difficulties make focus sometimes very, very difficult. And when matters of life and death are involved, it's very, very difficult to stay, to stay in the joyous state um, that is our birthright that we're expected to stay in. And we can become overwhelmed by these things. But it takes great courage to stay above that. It takes great faith uh, to stay above that, especially in these really difficult, difficult moments. Imagine uh, the faith required to stay joyous in a concentration camp. Imagine the faith required to stay joyous in the killing fields of Cambodia. Imagine the faith required to stay joyous in the massacre in Rwanda. Imagine what it's like uh, to live in Iraq right now where any moment there could be an explosion that maims and kills hundreds of people. Imagine the pressure on an individual that pushes him uh, to despair. Well, there are constantly pressures that push people to despair. And that's why the story of Ayub, Job, exists in the Bible. There could not be a situation with more despair than he was involved with. Yet he becomes the exemplar of staying focused on that one truth in the midst of enormous despair. He owned lands throughout the north, east, south, and west. He had children in every part of the territories. And then in the first few lines of Job, a messenger comes from the east and tells him what he had in the east is gone. From the west, tells him what he had from the west is gone. From the north, tells him what he had in the north was gone. From the south, tells him what he had in the south was gone. And then his body begins to dissipate. And in Bawa's description of the story, he said he had great wounds on his body and he had Ver he had very large 
uh, maggot-type creatures eating on him. And when one dropped, he would pick it back up and put it back on him. It was beyond imagination. But to be able to get to the point where we have transcended this body in its entirety and we have transcended all of the circumstances that face us in the world is a really difficult thing and I'm not, I, I, I don't know what, what, to what extent Allah expects us to be able to do that but we should have compassion for all those who are in despair we should have love for all those who are going through difficulty we should understand the pain that afflicts others and the pain that they go through we should be conscious of the enormous pain that is constantly floating around this world settling in different places stronger here sometimes stronger there sometimes but there is just an enormous amount of pain it should be evident that when we are dealing with creations that dissipate that there's going to be pain in dissipation there's going to be pain in the falling apart and just as buildings fall apart we fall apart and in that falling apart there is pain that's the nature of our bodies they cause pain as they fall apart um, takes great courage to become very old and in the Quran it says and those of you who live to a very old age you are outside of the ordinary and I have granted you this but it is not what everyone has so it's again very difficult to transcend understanding the nature of our existence as just one lifetime because it's not just one lifetime and if we stay with this existence as just one lifetime and poof, that is the end of the existence melancholia will occur anytime we have interaction with situations where we portend results and where we expect results and those results don't occur in the way that we want them to occur melancholia can occur these things happen to us but again it's because of our attachment to that which is temporary and as long as that attachment to that which is temporary exists there's going to be despair because everything that's temporary disappears and if we desperately hold on 
to that which is going to disappear, we are going to become desperately unhappy. There has to be a way to let go of all these things, including our own bag of bones. And that's a very hard transitionary phase to go through. It's a very difficult set of circumstances to grasp and to be aware of. Now, young people can hear it, but it doesn't mean anything to them because they don't have the direct effect of what aging does to them yet. And they haven't gone, most of them, and they haven't gone through what happens to the body. But as we do go through it, as we do see it, um, we begin to mourn uh, our own passing. We begin to mourn our own difficulties. We begin to mourn uh, the fact that we are actually within this temporary existence and somehow it's going to disappear on us. Uh, this leads uh, to difficulty. But if we can transcend that attachment and focus on the eternity of existence, focus on the eternity of creation, focus on the eternal nature of that part of us, which is our soul, and our relationship to that, our escape route is in that way. And unless we find that escape route, we're going to stay attached. And over the years, people have gone to find different escape routes. Um, in the 60s, it was turn on, tune in, and drop out. As if that were going to lead to some kind of end. Uh, if you've ever gone to Portland, where the old hippies live, you see some pretty sad situations. Because what they thought was a liberation is now their trap. They haven't changed and they're 70 years old now. Go see an old rock and roll band if you want to see what being trapped is. There are ways that are true and there are ways that are false. And there have always been ways that are true and ways that are false. We have been shown a true way by a true teacher who didn't lay it on us lightly, who told us the truth from the deepest parts of being. We have to accept that truth, bring it to the deepest parts of our being, and reflect that truth. And that will become our escape route. May Allah help all of us reach this understanding. May he help all of us see the way. May he, have all, may he help all of us have the correct focus on the nature of existence and, to and help us find our way 
towards reality and towards our Lord. Amin, amin. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa